It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bear Boat Alaska, a pure DIY hunting game with one of their 37-foot adventure yachts. You and five of your friends can hunt, fish, set crab pots, shrimp pots, and take DIY to the next level. Bear Boat Alaska is locally owned by a Ketchikan resident who lives here year-round. Call Larry at 907-617-4542 or go to bearboatalaska.com. That's B-A-R-E boatalaska.com and tell Larry you heard about it on this podcast. Harrison Gotchling, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. It's uh, 529, so we got a little bit of an early start uh, on this one. Um, we did that 5 a.m. one a while ago, the, the notorious 5 a.m. one where we both sounded like we were trying out for crash test dummies. Uh, that's a pretty accurate statement. Yeah, it was terrible. I listened to it once and I turned it off about five minutes in. Yeah. The thing is now we might sound like that, but we don't know. It sounds, I, I feel like I'm, I'm up. I'm, I'm Adam. I got, got my green smoothie here to start the day with some water. You start with coffee right off the bat or what, what do you do? I try to, I try to get onto that vice as hard as possible, as quickly as possible every day. <laughs> Just hit it right off. Do you have like that's a timed, it. uh, a coffee maker so it's a uh, no program no I, I i'm a bit uh meticulous with my coffee routine i sit down and you know grind beans for the day french press it that type deal oh wow i do the i do a, one of those pour throughs and push through but uh yeah i don't grind them every day gosh that's uh that's like a commercial man i don't know if it makes a difference but i feel good about it well, it seems like the, if you get the whole beans, it's going to be less expensive. So if you're trying to save some money, then buy the whole beans, ground them up yourself, and then get at it. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's a, it's a lot fresher that way than buying just pre-ground crap from yeah. whatever. I try to get um, a couple hours into my day first before I hit the coffee. So I get the initial bodies waking up and then get to school. Then I start hitting the coffee. Like right as I'm starting to plateau, kind of, uh, then, then just hit the coffee and it's, and it's on and the, the kids have no chance. There's no way they can match my energy. <laughs> Just crush them. With your yeah. yeah. If there's any sort of inkling of nonsense, it is, it is quelled very, uh, very quickly. But yeah, it's fun to have that, uh, that, uh, good routine where you're not just totally dreading everything and you're rolling out of the bed, you know, eight minutes before you have to be at work. And so you're still waking up while you're at your job. It's just not, uh, I kind of like to get up earlier and, start the day yeah I, I wish i normally woke up around this time every day but i can't bring myself to do it i like to stay up after the kids are asleep you know hang out with the wife do whatever watch tv read a book yeah yeah that's a big difference i can't sound like i'm some optimized uh, human being here because not having kids that makes a pretty massive difference for now just wait <laughs> well you keep sending me uh, reels on instagram um, I don't, I don't know. We'll have to, 
I'm going to make sure we have a really good conversation here, uh, considering all the facts before we uh, uh, embark on, on, on thinking about kids. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what is on the spring schedule for you? Um, it was about this time two years ago that we were going on that uh, caribou hunt. Is that, um, is that still open, or is that uh, quota closed? It used to be you'd have your, your late s- summer... There's like 3,000 animals, something like that. Then there's the winter one. Is that still going on? No, it opened um, late October this this past or this season, and it closed within, you know, four or five weeks, I think. Um, the quota was pretty darn small. I think it was only like 400 uh, animals for the area that um, we hunted when you were up here. But out of the 400, only 100 of them, I think, could have been cows. And then if people reported 100 cows, then it was immediately closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out just kind of like on a uh, whenever it first opened. And I only saw like, I think, six caribou uh, along the entire stretch that we kind of hunted. And they were way out in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. So that was back in the what the seventies. It was down to four thousand or something like that, and then it was up, uh, estimated really as high as seventy thousand or eighty thousand, something like that, and mm-hmm. um, t- five ten years ago. And then they there it was a matter of making sure that there was enough sustainable food for them, and so that's why they're trying to to manage the numbers in in a good way. So is it that the migration has has moved a little bit are they still is it still a pretty healthy herd they're just in a different location or did all of a sudden things get uh, pretty bad no you know i think it's a combination of things one of the big things is that you know caribou or caribou they're gonna move wherever they want whenever they want type of deal so i mean they have a general pattern that's very broad for migrating um in their specific areas uh throughout the year but you know they could be 20 miles you know, um, different from one spot to during one part of the year to the next year, you know, that same time frame, you know, they could be drastically in very different areas. And then especially if there's, um, groups of them that over or groups of different herds that overlap, you know, they're, they don't have like handkerchiefs on that are different colors. You'd be like, Hey, I'm part of the 40 mile herd. You're part of the Melchina herd. You know, mm-hmm. don't talk to me. They, yeah. they just do whatever. I know that that is uh, something that happens up north in like the central Arctic herd and the porcupine herd that they kind of intermingle with each other. And same thing with the Nelchina herd and um, the 40 mile herd is that they kind of can intermingle at times and big chunks will break off in one or the other. And I believe that's what happened with the 40 mile herd in um, several years ago where a large, not a large, but a big chunk of animals from the Nelchina herd, joined the 40 mile herd and really boosted that number way up. And that's when biologists, I think got kind of spooked out. Mm. Interesting. And then it was like off to the races for, you know, tags where it was like 5,000 a season, like go ahead, go at it, blast away as much as possible. And then they'll open up the winter hunt. And it's the same quota and, you know, bulls and cows. And it's just, you know, I think a couple of years ago, people, individuals could shoot three a season. Wow. Well, I guess that, um, 
Yeah, that makes some sense with them. Just with that many animals, I I don't know how they'd be able to tell like who was in what. So that does make some sense that uh, they would kind of pair off and and move and whatnot just based on uh, what the other people are doing or what uh, where the food is going and what you're what you're feeling like. So yeah, that's uh, are people kind of worried about it? What's the general consensus up there about uh, with with locals? After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That is mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. You know, I think it's, especially over the past few years, it's been a really steady thing where there's going to be a fairly big fall hunt and then there's going to be a fairly big winter hunt and it's kind of been dwindling down over the past two years for winter access and like the allotted winter tags um and you know i think people understand it for the most part i think if it keeps heading in the direction that it is there may be no winter hunt next year depending on how many people shoot uh caribou in the fall so you know people may get upset that there's no winter hunt um they're always people are always bashing fishing game for one reason or another saying all oh, you're mismanaging the herds or whatever. But, you know, I think it's, it's just part of the natural course. I think it's such a volatile um, particular hunt in Alaska that no one can say, even the biologists will know what's going to happen next yeah. year type of deal. Yeah. Everyone's just guessing you have, you have some information you're trying to make a, a good determination, but yeah, it's all just guesses. So if that's uh, that's kind of the big uh, winter one, what else you got? Um, I know you're still a couple months away from bear, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I got invited to go down to um, a bear camp with mm. our, our friend Steve, but I think I'm going to have to pass because I'm traveling in um, April for three weeks out of the country, and then after that it's off to the races once the snow melts here for me to continue working on my place. Yeah. Where's, uh, where are you going in April? Uh, Belize for three weeks. You doing some fishing down there? You just like going to hang or. I am going to go fish. Yeah. But, uh, mostly, you know, I'm taking wife and two kids down there. We're going to do a big trip about it. Um, going to Guatemala, see some Mayan ruins and stuff. And it's going to be a blast, but, uh, I got an all-day fishing charter for me and my son, like a private fishing charter that is 
both um, inshore and a little bit of deep sea and even some diving and spearfishing. And it was like $400. Nice. That's for the both awesome. of us. That's a private tour for all day. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Shoot. That's going to be awesome. Are you taking them out of school or are they homeschooled? Oh, uh, we're taking them out of school. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, those educational experiences can be great, and it depends on. I mean, you can't judge uh, judge parents for you know, what the decisions they make about uh, family vacations and whatnot. There's always a couple kids who, when they come back, they're just horribly behind and frustrated, and end up getting bad grades. Or, well, you know, can I do this late and this and that? But the workload when you're a senior is a lot different than when you're. What grades, Revenant? First, first, yeah. <laughs> so. He should, he'll have some awesome cultural experiences, so uh, he'll be fine. But yeah, sometimes that's a, it's a great family opportunity to do it. And sometimes that's you know, just when it falls, it falls during the school year. I don't really advocate for that at the high school level. Um, you just miss so much and then the kids get stressed out and you're, I don't know, you got a lot of other time to, to do the stuff, but you know, when the kids are young, shoot, do it. If you're doing anything else in the summer besides hanging out in Alaska, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. If you're traveling anywhere during the summertime, it's, you know, it's brutally hot anywhere in the lower 48 now in the summertime. Or like even in Portland, it's like 110 degrees or some crap. It's wild. Yeah, it's gross. My family always would go down and visit grandparents during the summer. So we would uh, have kind of the beginning of summer and then the late part of summer. We'd we'd always get back in in, uh, late July. And so we'd have some of that fun, the, the peak of the salmon run and all that stuff. So we had a lot of fun, but it was cool to go down to Colorado and just get some, my parents wanted to make sure that I had some experience out in the lower 48 so that I wasn't intimidated when it was time to go. I could go and I wasn't like, Oh my gosh, the big, the lower 48 so scary. Or maybe I'll just move to Ketchikan and maybe I'll just live there. or Maybe I'll just <laughs> stay here. You know, it's, if you, if you want to come back, come back in your own terms, but at least uh, have the courage to go uh, go check it out if you want to. If you don't want to, if you have other skills, but just see it and make an informed decision rather than never seeing it. Nope, never will. Yeah, I think especially living in, you know, pretty much anywhere in Alaska, I think you can consider remote. But I think traveling to the other states as a kid or teenager or however a young adult, you know, I think it's very important. Yeah. Just to see other stuff. Yeah. Get curious about it, you know, just kind of see that way. Otherwise, you'd think that uh, the rest of the world is just what you see on TV and social media, and it's not, you know, just uh, there could be some really cool thing that you don't even know about. Some kids aren't passionate about anything yet. I don't really, you know, like anything. Well, that's because most of the stuff doesn't even exist to you yet. You got to go out there and, you know, see some things, read some books, listen to some podcasts, and then kind of see some stuff in real life and think, oh, this is... I didn't even consider this. This is this is pretty cool. That's part of the educational or development of a human, I guess, more than like an educational experience. But it, it is educational too. So. Yeah, it's always kind of blows me away that there are people who live in Alaska year-round that don't recreate outdoors at all in any way, shape, or form. It's like, how on earth are you even alive here? Like, yeah. it'd be extremely depressing. It's expensive to live here. There's no real activities to do, even if you live somewhere like in Anchorage. It's just kind of, you can get very bleak. Yeah. Yeah, the the people who never leave the state, but they're so busy crushing it, or just doing everything that the state has for them, then you think, yeah, well, this this is the way that this should be lived. This person is 
making the most of everything. They're not just re regurgitating the brochure or, or talking about all the stuff they could do. They're doing all of the stuff, and there's just not enough time for them to do all the stuff. So there's not enough time for them to leave her vacation. And that's, uh, that's an awesome thing that they are able to live it at that level, and they truly enjoy it, truly love it, and they don't have this, you know, I must be missing out, or what if I would have done this? And that's kind of ultimately what you're looking for. Alaska is not for everybody. You can you graduate uh, and you leave. Sometimes you graduate, stay. Maybe you're an adult and you come up here. You know, it's 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 different. It's uh, certainly miserable at times. Yeah, it's it seems like there's a there's kind of where people will move up here on purpose and they will just get after it like crazy versus the person who maybe has been born and raised here and kind of takes things for, uh, for advantage and doesn't really get after as much as someone who wants to come up here purposefully to do everything that they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a cool thing to see and kind of a reminder to, to make sure that you make the most of everything because it can be kind of tempting, especially this time of year to just wait till spring, but there are some things that you can do. It's, it's, pretty gross but the, you know, still hike you can still get out you can still enjoy things you can still you know set shrimp pots as soon as the weather gets you know calms down a little bit do all those things you got to do all those things otherwise yeah like you said you're just living inside you could live inside in a lot warmer spot than here yeah for sure this year was the first year that i uh did a full trap season uh, and it's it's been a blast you know i've taken my son most times than i haven't and it's it's been a great time. Nice. I haven't been steelhead fishing yet, and that's usually my my winter thing. Uh, been working on the house, so I'm thinking, oh well, it's not that I'm being lazy. It's that you know we're every weekend has been been for the house, so it's um, looking at the next couple weeks get out. Hopefully during spring break, be able to get out. Um, but yeah, that's man. It's the, before everybody starts showing up in May, uh, it's so nice to kind of have the river to yourself and just enjoy it as we start to crawl out of winter, but you guys start crawling out in like May, June, right? Or it's a really fast yeah, thing, right? It, I think we talked about this before. Like all of a sudden it's just freaking light and everything is melting and slushy. And then it's summer. Yeah. Like, uh, our daylight right now is starting to get really nice. Um, you know, it's starting to get pretty darn light before I go to work. And then after I get off work, it's light for like at least an hour or so. So it's, it makes it feel like, we're definitely rounding the curve yeah. for sunlight, but there's still no warmth. <laughs> well, it's supposed down? to be, what? you know, it's supposed to be 20 below tomorrow. Yeah. And so it's just normal. But I mean, the winter here has been extremely mild this uh, so far this season. And it, it's been very nice. Snowfall hasn't been too out of control, but uh, yeah, you know, I haven't got out to do as much ice fishing as I'd like to, but it's mostly because, you know, I have, so much crap in storage right now in various locations. Yeah. I don't know where all my stuff is right now. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm sorry, I'm finding a lot of stuff is we're still unpacking boxes we're in, but then we had to build our our shelves and whatnot to get stuff up on the shelves. And so we're finding uh stuff here and there and um looking at boat stuff because we're gonna pick up a skiff, I think. Um and found the VHF radio, but can't find the charger for it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, where is this stupid thing? In all the, the chaos of this box is a whole bunch of junk, just throw it away. Or, you know, this, it, who knows where it could have been. Um, but I ended up finding it yesterday, so that was a big, big win. You don't want to buy another another radio. Um, you want to spend some money on some, some cooler stuff than that. But, 
Yeah, it's been pretty pretty gross down here the last four or five days. We had uh, we usually don't have many snow days. I think we average maybe like a like point seven snow days per year. Um, we just don't just don't have them. Uh, we'll have some late starts every now and again so they can plow the roads. But we had um, we had snow and then we had uh, warmed up a little bit, then a bunch more snow, then more snow, and then it got cold and it warmed up, snowed, rained on top of the snow, then started snowing again, and then got cold last night. So I think... Uh, what was the total so snowfall? Ended up being 10 or so inches. Wow. Maybe, maybe a foot um, over three days, which is, you know, that's pretty typical when we get a big storm or, you know, a, a little um, stretch of, of snow. That's kind of what we get. We get, you know, two or three of those per year. But then the rain, like, that's the horrible thing. Usually it just kind of dumps but having the rain in between um, to make everything just heavy and icy, um, then it gets packed down on the road. And up there, you guys just drive on the packed down snow for you know four months or three months or whatever that is. But it's a lot lighter snow. I was amazed when we were up there for that caribou hunt how you were just able to drive and have traction when we were going up and down those hills when you had the trailer. I was I was puckering a little bit. <laughs> Just uh, another day. Just another day. Yeah. So uh, today the the drive to school could be uh, pretty interesting. So, uh, like I said, it rained yesterday, and then it snowed in the evening a little bit, and then it's supposed to supposed to get real cold last night. So just freeze everything that way. Uh, it's just sheet of ice. That's what we're hoping for. And then it's going to snow on top of it today. So. Yeah, that's kind of what happened um, around Christmas time here last year, where we had. I think 24 inches of snow in 48 hours and then three inches of rain on top of that. And it made this horrible layer of crust. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of people that said that it just decimated the interior moose population mm -hmm. and other undulates and stuff where it just has to make animals expend so much energy to go over it. And then if anything was under the snow, then they can't get out and they're done. And so it's, it was kind of a bad situation. Yeah. It made the, the roads so unbearable last year, but yeah. Um, I was talking with, uh, someone about that on podcast actually just after, after Christmas, they're saying just how many moose you could find in the Fred Meyer parking lots. Cause that was the only area that was pretty clear as so they were just hanging out there. Yeah, the, it's true. You can't, you can't do anything else. I don't know. Who was that? Was that with Chris from screaming Eagle? Uh, yeah. I think I was talking with Chris from screen screaming Eagle. He's down in uh, Wasilla. I was talking about that and they had, it's, it's a big problem. Yeah, it was uh, quite quite a unique weather event that hopefully doesn't happen again here for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, you get the normal weather, but you just can't have those exceptional ones that, that takes out a bunch of animals. But so, where was that uh, that bear camp? You've been down. Was it Kenai Peninsula that, uh, that you had the bear camp there, or down the? Uh... It was down by Homer. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Steve invited me and he had a couple friends that he wanted to have go, but they dropped out. And so the only year that I went, I invited another friend of mine and, um, we went and I, we shot two bears, um, and a coyote, but we saw probably like five or six bears, I think over the, the few days that we were there, but it was a real kind of real easy going, just hunt like tidal flats and stuff. And, you know, hunt in the mornings and evenings and just kind of hang out in the afternoon, take naps and cook and hike around and glass. And 
I mean, it's a beautiful area down there if the weather's good. Mm-hmm. I love the spring bear hunt just for that. Like you're, you, you emerge from the, from the winter and just hanging out, just glassing. It's super casual. It's not, not hardcore. It's not, you know, necessarily covering a bunch of miles. Nice to just cruise some inlets or just choose an inlet and wait for something to come out. Like you said, just eat, talk, chill. It's just a, a super, super cool hunt. I like that a lot. And if you want to make a move on something, you can, but you know, it's not, uh, you don't have that attitude of must, must, must. So, uh, yeah. Pick through if you want, just enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Except, uh, I think traveling out of home is like a 10 hour drive from here. So it's, it's quite a ways. <laughs> yeah. That's like the, the entire length of the, uh, civilized road, right? Cause once you get North of Fairbanks, I don't want to say it's not civilized, but you, you start to get in, there's not really a destination up there unless you're going up there to hunt. So as far as community to community, Fairbanks to Homer is about the, uh, the full length of it. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a good long drive, man. So, uh, after bear, you're looking at, uh, you got a good, you got a caribou, um, trip coming up in, uh, September. No, me and uh, Steve were going sheep hunting. Sheep hunting. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't uh, draw any tags. So we kind of decided before tags even came out that, uh, you know, our, our main priority this year is to go for sheep. Um, even though the sheep populations are down, I had a, a buddy who went into this area last year on some intel that I gave him and he, he came back with some pretty positive reports. So that's the plan for this year. Nice. Yeah. It's Ryan that got to, that's one of those things that I would have caught if, if this would have been in the afternoon, my brain would have been functioning enough to know that Ryan is going to hunt that uh, awesome uh, caribou tag and you guys are doing the sheep stuff. So that's my excuse. Yeah. Ryan's been picking my brain um, ever since the tag draws came out and you know, and it's, it's a draw hunt. So it's like, yeah, I'll, break break it down for you as much as i possibly can i gave him people's phone numbers i drew on maps for him and you know he's been texting me all the all these questions and stuff over the past uh couple weeks and it's been a fun time talking about it getting to mentally relive that hunt yeah that's cool that um it worked out perfectly that uh, we're up there and so he's able to meet you we kind of work on the cabin kind of hang out for those couple days when we came back down from the caribou uh hunt and um, that's the cool thing about, you know, a lot of locals are super, super protective and don't talk to anybody else. They keep their stuff very close, but there's a lot of really helpful hunters that they're not exactly going to give you every single little detail and tell you exactly what to do, but at least give you something where you can feel like you can develop a good plan. And so you feel like you're hunting it right. And it's, it's, it's really nice how helpful people can be. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's one thing where it's like, if you're going to, if you have a, a spot that you're going to go to every single year to feed yourself and your family and, you know, use whatever vacation time you have, if, if that's the way you go about it or whatever, you know, then it's, it makes sense to protect your stuff. But if it's a one per, to 2% chance to draw a tag and there's not really a whole lot else going on in that area, yeah, then it makes sense to me to just be open about it. You know, I'm not going posting everything on social media, like, Hey, this is, x marks the spot this is where i shot it this is where i landed yeah you know but if it's a friend asking me then it's like sure yeah no problem there are a couple times early in my writing career i think i overshared a little bit because it was just I, I don't know i didn't i didn't really consider the consequences i suppose and so now i've really reined it back i'm like man, i kind of wish that i was super super from the start um just very 
hesitant about sharing details, but uh, especially like with steelhead fishing, just mentioning a river, even mentioning an island, you know, ends up being kind of messed up. But well, man, we're gonna call that a day. I get uh, going here, get some breakfast, and uh, head to work. So thanks for taking some time out of your morning. It was my pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah, take care, man. You too. Later.